Yes, g'day, and thanks for tuning in to the latest edition of the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast, broadcasting through Blue Collar Media from Duck Creek Central, out here on the banks of the Hawkesbury River, and we're actually going to be on location next week, we'll tell you a bit more about that in a sec. This week, we'll take a look back at the Battle of Vinegar Hill, which isn't too far from here. Um, when the When is the time right to get the best out of Cape York? We'll have a chat about that as well. Um, we'll also have a talk about the New South Wales Outback and what there is to do and see and some of the highlights out there. And we'll touch on the great debate. And this debate is all about Fraser or Morton and depends on who you speak to. Some people love Fraser. Some people like Morton better. I just like them both. How good is it? We'll shoot the bruise. We'll talk anything about the Australian outdoors that come up. And more than likely, as we always do, we'll get sidetracked. So kick back, spend a bit of time with us to knock about blokes. Rico, time to get into it. How are you, mate? Mate, love and life. How's your week been? Hectic. Hectic week. Very, uh, very busy, but uh, glad to be here, mate. Down, down by the, uh, the the lovely Hawkesbury. Yeah, it's very, always good very to be relaxing. somewhere. I was in the city yesterday. I mean, that was a lot of fun. Oh, no, you can have that. <laughs> getting in and out of there is a mission. It's all right when you're in there. Where I, had to do where I, where I was, but then uh, getting out of there is just a nightmare of a place. It's yeah. all the big towns are like that, aren't they? Too many people, mate. Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, they're all the same. I'm not sure what Perth's like, but I'll be able to tell you that in a few weeks too when we're over there for the four-wheel drive show. But, oh, um, you love it. Perth, Perth is great. Perth is great, and the four-wheel drive show in Perth is just next level. Yeah, well, Mate, you thought Sydney was busy? Wait till you get over there. Yeah, well, Woodsy, uh, Woodsy's the man. Sydney was pretty good. I know Adelaide's big, uh, the show we did last year, and we're there later on. Um, well, I think about three or four weeks we'll be in Adelaide for that, and then I'll cross to Perth for the Perth show, so I look forward to doing that. Um, but, mate, there's been a bit happening around the place, but well, I, I think the first thing we probably should touch on is that... Um, we were speaking about the binge track last week, and we had a couple of messages about a section of that being closed. We actually, uh, I, I, look, I don't think it's that big a deal. It's a little bit closed, but you can get around it. You no, you can get around it, mate. That's right. So from, and it's one of my favourite stretches of the binge track, from Mount Dare to Old Andado. Mm. Um, so that's fallen into disrepair, uh, and they're saying that while it's not unpassable, it's certainly not a good idea to go and do it because you are going to damage your vehicle. Mm. Uh, and that, I'll tell you what, that's the last place you want to be stuck with a damaged vehicle because recoveries out there are not cheap. Yeah, I can imagine. It'd be nice and expensive. And uh, and I think that from I've, I don't know if it's a check, but I mean, I'm hearing the Barnsley's not going to be doing recoveries um, anymore So from Birdsville. So that could make a big difference out in the Simpson if you're broken down out there. Yeah, well, if yeah. someone's got to come from Mount there, I'll tell you yeah. what, uh, the fuel bill wouldn't, wouldn't be good. Nothing it'd be, mate, it'd be certainly a bit of a wait. And, uh, but I'm not sure about that. That's something we'd have to confirm with Barnsley. But um, I haven't been hearing that. And uh, if you've heard anything like that, you can uh, let us know as well. Uh, mate, um, well, next week we're thinking about... T- well, next week we are. I'm not thinking about it. Next week we're going down the south coast. I'll be down there camping. You're going to come down and uh, we'll do the podcast on location. How good will that be? Yeah, mate. Right on the banks of the lake there and uh, yeah. the ocean over the other side. Yeah, it should be all Sounds right. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? Just terrible. Absolutely. And we'll be down there just testing it out, just seeing what it's like, just getting it ready for people for when they go down later in the year. As it gets a bit warmer, people will be heading to that little section of the coast and all the coastal fringes around the place. So we'll be on the road, take the podcast on the road. Not so much red dirt there, but... No, we'll, we'll no, there's there. certainly not. Plenty of sand, though. Plenty of sand. I'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be down on the coast next week doing the podcast and um, certainly look forward to doing that uh, off from location. I'll be actually doing the radio show from down there as well. So it's good to be out and about and not just uh, sitting around... 
And um, what do you call it? Cabin fever. Doesn't take long. Cabin to get fever. That. Itchy feet, mate. It's no good. Doesn't take long to get that. Uh, mate, this week we're going to look back at the Battle of Vinegar Hill, which I said isn't too far away from here. So no yeah. matter where you're listening to this podcast around Australia or around the world, for that fact, there's actually people overseas listening to this. And I made a big g'day to all our listeners who are overseas listening to the podcast. Because yeah, both of them. G'day, yeah. guys. No, there's actually more than two of them. There's <laughs> oh, I know. It's actually, I, I've got to say, it's good because we can see... Who not see who you are, but we can see where you're listening where you're from, yeah. and uh, and it's good to know that people are overseas uh, listening to us, and, and more than likely the same thing happens with the radio show, and I think it's a lot of expats and a lot of Aussies overseas yeah, working miss, or living, missing home, and then they listen to a couple of yobos like us, and uh, and tune in. So good <laughs> they, on you. They soon remember why they're overseas. <laughs> yeah, and the Robert Peter Gordry up in Mackay. Yes, we know we are a day late with the podcast. That's okay. Oh, come on, mate. Give us a break. Gives a hard time. It gets pretty busy. We're not all just sitting around like you blokes up there waiting for it to happen. And uh, a bit of a joke. They do work pretty hard, those blokes. I know his old man does. I'm not sure about Robert. He sends me pictures of himself working. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I should do that one day. I'll send you a picture of me working. Yeah. Yeah, see if you can send that while I'm young, will you? I mean, fair <laughs> dinkum. Don't hold your breath. Kidding, eh? So the Battle of Vinegar Hill. Yeah, mate, and, we're and so for other people around, I was going to see where that is. It's sort of um, northwest of Sydney CBD, yep. which once upon a time was a very rural part of Australia and, and and a lot of farming and all that there. It's ch- certainly changed these days. It certainly uh, has. There's <laughs> shopping centres and a million houses there. But uh, once upon a time, that used to be beautiful, just pastures and farms and... Yeah, that's and right. all that not long ago, really. Where, where they had that battle is actually a cemetery now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's the dead centre of Browse Hill. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, but um, it certainly has changed. So we'll talk a bit about that as well. And really, it wasn't that long ago there was all farms out through there. It's just been the last. No, there's still some there too. In the last, there is a couple, but in the last ten years of population growth there's just been enormous. In fact, I don't know where they're finding the people from. To move in there. Yeah, mate. It's the fastest growing area in Sydney. That's yeah, for sure. The yeah. northwest region. It's just... Anyway, I haven't got it stretched out this far yet. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> to go out further. Yeah. Anyway, so... Plenty, we'll, we'll, plenty of prime land up the road from your place, mate. Yeah, exactly, mate. Now, we'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about when is the best time to go up the Cape. Now, you talk to people and they say, you know, as soon as um, the wet season's over. And some people actually think the wet season's a great time to go up there as well. But... Um, Usually that that um, that mid season mid year yeah, season travel time that June July August period is pretty popular. There's, there's definitely a couple of trains of thought there, and yeah. I think it depends on on who you are and what you're into. Yeah, I think so. you've got, you've all, I know people that go up there in October to go up there now. Yep, you think it's it's a great time to go. Mate, if I was going, that's I'd be going now. Yeah, I know I've heard you say that before, and I've got a mate of mine who does that as well, who will head up in October. Um, because the crowds are gone and, okay, the tracks are a bit more chopped out, but the crossings are a bit easier, you're not wrecking your gear, and, and there's other reasons, and you'll you'll touch on that as well. Too right. Fraser or Morton, what do you think? Oh, yeah, look, I definitely have an opinion there as well. Okay. Um, so when we get to that, I'll tell you, and it's both pretty special places, but yeah. uh, but one of them has a special place in my heart for, for personal reasons. So. Okay, we'll get onto that, and um, I like both of them. I think they both have... They both have pluses. They don't have too many minuses to be either. I don't think. I, I can't think of a negative about either place. No, absolutely not. Um, but like you say, again, it's what you're into. If you're into your swimming and all that stuff and snorkeling, well, you'd have to say Morton. Yep. Um, because you don't want to become shark bait, but um, like you can <laughs> on Fraser. Uh, but, you know, if you're into your fishing and you're more for there seems to be a lot more four wheel driving on Fraser. Oh, absolutely. So it depends what you're into and what you want to do and who you're going with. I know my young bloke and his mates are 
heading back up there soon. We were there earlier in the year, and I loved it, as you do. And But then again, I've been on Morton as well, so we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the New South Wales Outback. I'll, I can tell you, we touched on this last week too, uh, and we won't go into it this week too much about the water and the lack of it out there. Um, but it's just a great place to visit and a great place to travel. And I've got a mate of mine, Coxie, if you're listening, he was up here the other day, and he just cannot wait to get out there and, and travel around that Darling River region. And, you know, he loves all those towns. And um, He'll go out there just for a few nights to get on the drink. He'll go from pub to pub, end up at Louth, and then turn around and come home. Um, but there's plenty to see and do. And, not you know, in all that region and up around Burke and North Burke and the oh, Broken mate, Hill, New is, South Wales Outbacks. It is special. Yeah, it's good. It is good. I it mean, really I, mean I love the Northern Territory, and who doesn't? But, you know, if you're, if you're from Sydney... Um, to get out to the New South Wales outback, it doesn't take all that long, and, you, a, and once you're there, yeah, you drive. get out there and you're um, and you're away. You know, it's you're another world. It. Yeah, I noticed the Silverton pubs for sale. Could be you, Rico. The Silverton, yeah, mate. If they have water out there, I'd, I'd have a look at that. I think he's up for a couple of mil. Yeah, that uh, should be right. You'd be right, mate. Just grab that out of your console. Mate, they, uh, they, what they charge for the hot dogs there, you, you get that back real quick. You reckon? Oh, absolutely. Nine bucks for a hot dog. Come on. Is it nine dollars for a hot dog? Yeah. hot dog when I was there. A bloody good hot dog, but they're not nine dollars yeah. good. Nine, well, mate. But yeah. you know what? You get out there. Or I'm speaking for myself. I can't speak for everyone. I couldn't care if it was twenty nine dollars. I'd still pay. But for a hot dog? Yeah, it's part uh, of the experience, mate. And and you know these guys are out there doing. What are their hot dogs tough. famous? Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah you didn't there. know that? Actually, I do. Actually, I do remember. We were out there only twelve. When was it? Twelve months ago. Yeah. I was at the Silverton Pub. Me and my mate Roger Brown from. Bacon yeah, Brown Productions. Roger. Yep. Yeah, we were w. out there. And um, we, we hooked up out at Broken Hill and went for a run out to Silverton and looked around and went to the pub. We've had him on the radio a few times too, old mate from the pub there. So anyone out there want to buy a pub, there it is, the Silverton yeah. Hotel. Well, like I said, I'd, I'd, I'd pay whatever they're asking, mate, because they do it tough. They've got a certain amount of time throughout the year to make their income. Yeah. Um, you know, it costs them a lot to get that stuff in. They're, yeah. they're a long way from anywhere. I'm, I'm always happy to... Sort of, you know, just... 20, 29 for hot dogs a bit over the top. Oh, 20, you're, mate, you're, 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 mate, you're earning too much money, mate. You're kidding, aren't you? 20, 29 maybe not, but you, you you get what I'm saying. I'd pay nine bucks. You pay, I've paid nine bucks yeah, many times. For a good hot dog, you'd pay nine bucks, you know what I mean, out there. You've got to remember, it costs a bit of money to get all that stuff out there too. Too right, it does. Like the actual dogs themselves, you know what I mean? <laughs> the Frankfurts. We're, 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 <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the Frankfurts and the Bungie. Oh, you're, you're talking about dash hounds or something. No, no, but... Um, and that mate, good luck to them. And it was funny, I saw them on TV the other night. Oh, mate, it runs the pub and his wife, and they're actually going to stay in the area. So they're not selling the pub and moving. They're going to sell the pub and just put their feet up and stay in the area. And oh. still live at Silverton. So beautiful part of the world. So I certainly do love it. And he's a, and anyone who's been out there will know exactly what we're talking about. The hospitality is there, fantastic. And like I said, we have spoken to them on the radio a couple of times now. And I think he said he got. He got, thrown, he got sick of being thrown out of the pubs we bought it. <laughs> He's a problem solver. I like right, it. Eh? I, think, well, I think he might have told us that anyway. All good. So if you've been out to the Silverton pub, let us know what you think. It is a great part of the world. Anyway, we better get into it, Rico. Well, well, I don't know what well, that what, was. What have you done? Oh, I just hit the wrong button as usual. That's just what we do here. But um, but no, I've just muted us as well. But yeah, no, so... Um, if we might as well get into it then, Rico, and see what we're uh, see what you've got to talk about. You guys got to get touch on the Battle of Vinegar Hill first. Do you want to talk about that? Mate, let's do that. All right, we'll do that right now. 
Well, it probably pays for me to wear my glasses while I'm pushing buttons and flicking things here, Rico, as it always does. But that's all right. We haven't had Bluey Bark yet. No. It's only early, though. I've had that's a few right. messages about that. I'll just mention my mate Roger Brown, Bacon Brown Productions, who's got all the, all the miners in uh, Kalgoorlie Gold Mine listening to the podcast. He's a good man, Rog. Oh, mate, I Spreading would love, the word. I would love to get over to Kalgoorlie with a metal detector and, and just... Yeah, no, Spend a few no. days but waving it around. But I'm tipping you'd be given the arse pretty quickly if you walked in there with a metal detector. Into in the Ka- mine. In Kalgoorlie? Oh, into the mine, yeah. yeah. No, no, you go out into the red dirt stuff. And but he was driving a machine the other day, Rod's out there, and uh, he had it up on his Facebook page, and it was a six-hour drive to go six k's to move the machine. Yep. And I was talking to him yesterday, and he said, oh, I said, how long did that take? I said, how boring would that have been? But anyway, he loves it. He's out there on the big digger. Yeah. Digging big oh, holes. Got, and got the podcast going in the headphones. got the podcast. He listens to all podcasts too, not just ours. He listens to all the ones from America and all these different political yeah. ones. He's yeah, got I've a got a couple a... that I listen to as well. I've only sort of, since we started doing it really, I've discovered podcasts. Yeah, no, well, he, he's into all of them, Rog. So uh, we certainly do uh, wish him well and thank him for spreading the word. Just keep spreading that word, Rog, while you're out mate. there. You're on night shift at the moment. So. You know, I, w- I want to hear what other people are listening to in terms of podcasts. So it, shoot us an email at uh, info at rickowandtheduck.com.au. Tell us what podcast you're listening to apart from this one. Um, mm. Who knows? We might discover something new. Mm. We talk, we, I'll tell you one thing we spoke about the other week as well was, um, I know we're supposed to be talking about the Battle of Vinegar Hill. Told we'll, you we get we'll, sidetracked. We'll get there. But um, we were talking about we we was talking about Ariat boots being available at the Windora service station. Yeah, when, that's right. When we spoke to Danielle, anyway, um, we've uh, we've been we've been um, we've been emailed by someone from Ariat boots, and uh, yeah, that's right. From, so uh, from uh, just little, country, just country. They're the how um, good is it? They're the Australian importer. Yeah, of of Ariat boots. So. Well, you wouldn't believe if you look just over to your left. There's a pair there. I've just bought two pairs of variants. Oh, you have too. Yeah, so... Um, Look at you, flashes around with a gold tooth. Oh, no, I bought one pair for my young bloke and I bought a pair for myself. But they're all right, the old Ariat gear, and if you want to get into your Aussie stuff and get into your uh, Aussie boots and... and they, mate, they make shirts and they make clothing, mate. They do the lot. Yeah, they do. The uh, the Just Country range is actually yeah. pretty flash. Pretty yeah. flash. I'm going to get myself an oilskin vest from them. Yeah. I reckon that'll look pretty flash. Yeah, they're good, the old yeah. skin vests. Yeah, oh, I'm so. a vest fan. I like the vest. Yeah, getting a bit warm for vests now, though, Rico. Well, when you're out in the, you know, sort of west of the Great Divide and into the outback, you still get those cold nights, and, yeah. and while it might not be cold enough for a big bulky jacket, that's why I like the vest. It's yeah. just, you know. Yeah, well, I wear a vest all the time. I've got different styles, and it was uh, so anyway. But it's good gear. I mean, the young bloke, we went out to, um, I think it's called Western Boot Barn out at Lucknow. Yeah. That's got to be one of the best shops in Australia. That, that is awesome, isn't it? Just, oh, mate, just outside of Orange yeah, there. Yeah, you cannot, you cannot, um, mate, you cannot drive past there without stopping. No, I, I stop it, in every time. It's one of the best shops that um, I've been to. I love it there. And uh, we bought some gear there. And you actually end up with a couple of, you end up with an Ariat jacket, an Ariat shirts, and a pair of boots. But yep. I went up to, um, I can't think of the name of it now. I, I drove up to a little township in the Hunter called Greeter. Yep. And, and bought a pair of um, Ariat boots. There's a shop up there. It's, it's a bit, it's a bit like the one at Lucknow, but not as big. Yep. Um, but it's a great little shop in the little township of Greeter in the Hunter Valley. I, lo- I love those sort of shops. They're they're the best. Well, the one out at Lucknow is a beauty. So if you want to get into your Ariat gear, go and uh, check out those shops. And um, yeah, and have a look at JustCountry.com.au. You'll see the range there. It's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, not bad. And she um and they want to um donate. We're we're doing a fundraiser for. Uh, 
Beyond Blue soon called Beyond the Bitumen. We can actually tell people how to get onto that shortly and uh, and help us out there. And it's uh, we went in it last yeah, year. We should we, get Peter Fee on, ne- on next week. Yeah, we can do that. We um we certainly uh, we entered a team last year, and uh, my wife and daughter took off in the jeep and went on the rally. Yep. And uh, helped raise a bit of money and. Um, so Ariad are going to actually donate some boots for that for us to sell at the auction on the auction night. So that'll oh, be how good. How good's that? Yeah. So we'll. I'm tipping it'll be a voucher for boots. But I think so. We'll do that because you don't want to go and buy a pair of boots and pay big money and then go try to put them on and yeah, that's right. They don't fit. But no, no, good on you to the team at Just Country. We really appreciate that, and uh, we'll talk a bit more about that as it gets a bit closer. They are good those rallies, and Peter Fion does a top job. He works with Vic Woodman and he works with a mate of mine. Around the corner here at Outback Signs, who uh, and he gets involved, and they did that prostate run only a couple of weeks ago, and now they're yeah. all planning this big one. It's in the high country next year. Yeah, we we had him in my, uh, on the off road adventure show a few years ago. Yeah, we uh, we treated him and his missus to a bit of a trip. Yep, yeah, Trish. Yep, yeah. So we treated those guys to a bit of a trip, and they got away with. Um, I think Jamie turned up and and spent a bit of time with them as well. So that was yep. good. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, so. They do Happy. a lot of work for, for Beyond Blue and various other charities. Yeah, so we, we thought it was nice just to give something back to them. Yeah, absolutely, because they are very, very good people, and as are everyone who gets involved in those things. Anyway, mate, the Battle of Vinegar Hill. Yeah, so this, I guess the reason this sort of resonates with me a little bit is because literally it's 10 minutes from home. Yeah. That's the first thing. But it also holds the distinction of being the very first battle fought on Australian soil. Yeah, right. So that was uh, that's pretty cool. So 1804 at Rouse Hill is where it all went down. The battle was the culmination of a rebellion between the convicts and the Australian colonial forces. And it all went down on the 5th of March in 1804. There was a bloke by the name of Philip Cunningham who escaped from prison. And uh, along with 233 other convicts, they started heading um, towards Parramatta. They were intent on capturing some ships to sail home to Ireland. Ships? Ships. Yep. Yeah, what what do you think? No, I didn't think any. I'm just no. making sure you put the P in there. Yeah, yeah. Come on, mate. I'm professional. So in response to this, martial law was very quickly declared in the colony of New South Wales. Do you know what martial law is? Yeah, bugger that. So that's when um, basically your normal cops can't deal with it because it's too big a situation. So uh, the military take over. Yep. And and they, they run things. That still happens in certain parts of the world today. It certainly does. Thank God not here. No, that's... That's scary times when that sort of stuff starts mm. going on. So the convicts and rebels, well, they were mostly Irish uh, and they were gathering reinforcements and, and quickly becoming a very formidable force. So the plan was that Cunningham, along with another Irish convict named William Johnston, they'd lead an uprising that would see over 685 convicts meet with a further 1,100 convicts from the Hawkesbury area and rally at Constitution Hill, which is near Toongabbie these days. Yep. Uh and march on to Parramatta, and then to Sydney and Port Jackson itself in order to grab some ships and uh, and do what they wanted to do. Their ultimate goal was to establish Irish rule over the colony uh, and obtain ships for those who wanted to return to Ireland. Cunningham and Johnson themselves, they had a bit of an agenda. They wanted to go home and revive the failed Irish rebellion from the year before in 1803. I think that's uh, that's why they ended up over here, mm. as being part of that failed rebellion. Yep. Back in Ireland in 1803. So they, they felt like they had unfinished business and this is the the plan they came up with to, to find a way to get back and, and do what they wanted to do. So the day before the uh, 
the big blue went down on the evening of the 4th of March. A bloke by the name of John Kavanagh started the ball rolling by setting fire to his hut at Castle Hill at 8 o'clock at night. This was the signal for the rebellion to begin. Now, not surprisingly, his fire was not seen by the convicts at Green Hills, which we now know as Windsor, mm. uh, on the Hawkesbury River. So he was hoping that um, he'd set this big fire up at Castle Hill and they'd see it down there at, at Windsor, which is a fair old stretch. It is a bit of a stretch. But, I mean, back in those days, it wasn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be too much obstructing your view. I mean, not like today. Yeah, I guess so. A lot of houses there. <laughs> There's a lot of buildings and houses yeah, between Windsor and Castle Hill today. But back in the day, you might, it depends how big the fire was. Yeah, so anyway, Cunningham was, was at Windsor and, and he knew that it was happening anyway. So nonetheless, he, he activated the plan and they started gathering weapons and ammo and food and other recruits and, and started moving. So the, the constables and the overseers who were there looking after things, they were easily overpowered because these guys had hundreds. And the rebels went from farm to farm on their way to Constitution Hill from Windsor, seizing more weapons and supplies and plenty of grog as they went, plenty of rum and spirits. So... As you can imagine, they were uh, they were fully loaded by the time they started getting out there. Well, rum used to be the currency. Rum was the go, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll have to look at the rum rebellion one day. There's, still, there's a beer currency now, though. Yeah, it's, there is. That still goes on. Do I don't, know, I don't, don't drink beer, it. though, so... Yeah. You what? I don't drink beer. <laughs> That's where you let yourself down, Rico. Oh, mate, if it didn't taste like crap, I'd be right into it. Are well, you serious? Yeah. Okay. Believe this. That's no, true. It's true, but could, but what happens now? Imagine so how if big you do I would a job be. for someone, if you if you do someone a favour, yeah, right. I mean, I know myself. If someone does something for me, you normally get them a carton. Here's a carton of beer, mate. You know. Yep. So what happens if you do someone a favour and they turn up with a carton of beer? What happens? Mate, if someone does me a favour, I, I, you know, or if I do someone a favour, I don't expect anything in return. No, you don't. But I, but even when you do it, no one expects look, it. But it's just it's just oh, a bit of a silent thing, oh mate. Yeah, look, most of my mates know. That know where I'm at with that sort of thing. Yeah, fair um, enough. So, so, so for me, it's normally probably a bottle of, you know, wild turkey or Maker's Mark or something fair like enough. that. No dramas. It's probably around the same price anyway, isn't it? I've got no idea, but I mean, on a hot day, I mean, you can't, or even on a cold day, it's <laughs> worrying me too much, but I mean, there's nothing like a cold beer, mate, on a hot day. Oh, mate, I wish I liked it. I'm a bit of a social outcast when it comes to that sort of thing. No, I, don't fair drink, I don't drink coffee or any hot drinks. All right. How many times people say you want to go for a coffee? No. I don't no. drink beer. Yep. Don't eat ham. Mm. You don't eat ham. Anytime you go to a do, mm. it's ham and cheese tomato sandwiches. Do's do you go to? Pretty flash ones, mate. Fair enough. I, I haven't been to a do for a while with these ham, cheese, tomato sandwiches. No, well, you're going to those Flash City do's with all your radio mates where they've got caviar. No, it's normally a banger on the barbie. Oh, I turn it up. No, 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 I don't go to those ones. And I've, never, I've, got to say, I've never seen caviar at one of the do's I've been to. I've seen prawns. Oh, I, I'll tell you about a do I did go to once. And, uh, mate, I've got to say, I was with Daryl Broman, the big man. You would have heard of him. Most yes, people of heard of him. And we, were, we got invited to this do at Darling Harbour. And there was some wine grower from South Australia. There was um, Cooper's Beer. Yep. And there was all these oyster growers. So basically what happened was Glenn Cooper, who's a great bloke. Another South Australian, yeah. Very funny bloke too. Um, he had a range of different Cooper's Beer. And basically what happened was they had the oysters to, to complement the beer. So they had different breeds of oysters. So, you, so it was an afternoon of eating oysters and drinking different beer and wine 
if you into your wine. Not, no, we didn't touch that. No, I don't drink wine. No, I don't drink it either. And um, I looked around and I said to the big man, mate, we've made it, haven't we? <laughs> I mean, this is as good as it gets. I mean, where else can you go? Well, you've been invited somewhere. We're just sitting here drinking stubbies and they get a mouthful, then having an oyster and washing them down with different beer. So I don't have any oysters either. I've got to tell stuff. you now, that all, I've got to tell you, all the oysters did taste the same to me, but the um, the beers were obviously different. Nah, but Oysters are no good, mate. That is the snot of the sea. No, I'm a fan of oysters. I don't mind them. And, I, and this is the thing too, I like them natural. Nah. I mean, I'm not big on putting bacon on them and Worcestershire sauce and baking them and all that stuff. No. I'm big on just eat, eating them natural. Oh, no. Do and then you, washing them down with cold beer. Do you, uh-huh. do you chew them or you just throw them back? It depends how big they are. It depends. Oh, you get some of those biggies, they're good. Oh, oh mate. no. And then there is nothing like having oysters and washing them down with a nice cold beer. No. I'm telling you now, mate, be a lot of people, are, I reckon there'd be more people agree with me. I'm sure there will be. That. Absolutely. Like I said, I'm a social outcast when it comes yeah. to that sort of thing. Oh, I'm, mate, I'm definitely like the minority. It. Yeah, nothing like it. Yeah. Yeah. We were camped up the up the coast one day and this seafood truck thing pulled up and uh, he was selling prawns and oysters. So we, we had a look at them and they looked all right. So we into them. We bought bought a heap off him. And we sat there all half just Mate, prawns? Another, prawns and a nice dry cider? Yeah. A what? No. Jesus. Yeah. Kidding, aren't you? No. So you anyway, get, some, so get some really high alcohol content ciders that'll knock your socks off. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about the enjoyment of it. And, uh, so, man, I feel like having a beer now just talking about it. But, um, yeah, mate, so we sat there just eating the oysters and washing them down with cold beer. Nothing like it. But that do we went to, that was, that was, that would, I would say, I've been to a few functions and do's in me day, mate. I reckon that one's right up there where it was just an afternoon of oysters and beer. There you go. Yeah, no. we, we kicked on too, if I can remember. Look, not right. for me. Definitely not for me. Anyway, where were we, mate? So, yeah, these, these guys were going from farm to farm and uh, pinching everyone's grog and recru- recruiting people to the cause as they went. Um, so the news of the uprising obviously spread pretty quickly among the 5,000-odd inhabitants of the colony. Martial law was declared, as we said earlier. In Sydney, uh, the governor, Governor Philip Gidley King, he set out alone for Parramatta to assume command while Lieutenant Colonel William Patterson called out the guards. A curfew was put in place and the martial law allowed citizens to detain those who didn't hold the appropriate passes to be out at that time of the night. Um, And a 24-hour amnesty was put in place to give the rebels who were having second thoughts a bit of a chance to surrender. But no one did. No one did. 5am on the 5th of March, William Johnston set out to locate the main rebel force. So he was expecting to come across another 1,100 convicts from the Hawkesby region. Uh, he split his party into two groups, one to, headed down towards Toon Gabby and the other down the Castle Hill Road, which I think is now Windsor Road. Uh, eventually, the opposing rebel and colonial forces finally met. They came together at Rouse Hill on Vinegar Hill, which is um, right where the Castlebrook Cemetery is now, yep. opposite the big shopping centre and the, the new light rail train thing that's going on there. Um, once again, the rebels were offered the protection of from prosecution from the martial law amnesty, and Cunningham offered the reply of death or liberty. Oh, and a ship to take us home. Yeah. <laughs> Just threw that in for good measure. Uh, the New South Wales Colonial Corps responded with the 15 minutes of musket fire and Sergeant Thomas Laycock charged in and brought down Cunningham with his cutlass. So the rebels, now without a leader, they broke away and dispersed. In the end, 15 rebels had been killed. 
According to the records, around 230 rebels were eventually rounded up and captured, and a further nine, including the leaders, were executed. So Cunningham's partner in crime, Johnston, he was uh, he was gibbeted. Have you ever heard that term, gibbeted? No. So this is when someone is is executed and then hung from the gallows publicly for everyone to see. Yeah, right. It's a bit hard, don't they, weren't they? Oh, mate, it was brutal. Imagine right. the kids walking down the street going, oh, look, there's an old mate hanging from the gallows. We oh, better not mate. do what he did. No. Yeah, but still. Yeah. <laughs> hell, a hard go. They were hard in those days. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Uh, so Cunningham himself, the the leader, he hadn't been killed by the Cutlass but badly wounded. So he was court-martialed under martial law and they hung him at Windsor. The other guilty participants were met with a variety of different punishments. So some were lashed up to 500 times. Imagine that. Yeah, no. You get to 397 and you think, geez, this is not good. Others were sent to chain gangs and others were sent to Norfolk Island, which was a fate that some considered to be worse than death. That had a really bad reputation. Really bad reputation. So Norfolk Island and the West Coast of Tasmania, they were supposed to be the two toughest places mm. in the world to spend time as a prisoner. Mm. So I've been to the West Coast of Tassie area and I can understand why they would do that. But uh, I haven't been to Norfolk Island yet. I'd love to go check that out. Yeah, no, I've never been there either. So the battle site is now occupied by the cemetery, as we said, and there's a sculpture on the site to commemorate the battle and the sacrifice of lives as well. Yeah, so that's a monument there, that's right. Yeah, the, it's the Battle of Vinegar Hill. There you go. So, um, And not too far away from here. Not too far from here, mate, and literally five to ten minutes from my house. Yeah, the people that live around here now and around there in particular wouldn't even know that went on there. It's amazing, really. Yeah, that's right. Well, you think about it, there's 5,000 people in the colony at the time, and, mm. and nearly 20% of them were, were in one way involved. Yeah, so. it's incredible. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, people that live there now, wouldn't have a clue that went on. I remember, and I'll tell you where we lose a bit of that sort of stuff. Remember old Sydney town? Yeah. You know, places like that. Well, that, that was a go because it was like going back in history. There's a I place think, not far from here. Australiana Village? Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah, still Pioneer Village. That's, Pioneer that's Village. That's still open and going good. In fact, we should we should go down there and do the podcast from there one day. I'm yeah, sure they'd be great. in there to do it there, but that's not far from here. But um, them sort of places... Are far and few between now. Old Sydney town was tops. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. The blokes running around in the red coats. Yeah. Old Sydney town on the central coast of New South Wales, which it's still there. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. There's plans. I think I saw something the other week about they're trying to well, you know develop, do some development there or do something there, but it's actually still there. Well, you know what? That'd be a ghost town. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, we should be. We're going to talk about ghost towns, <laughs> which we haven't, but that's okay. But in places like that and all those old school theme parks, which what some of them are, are long gone. There used to be some beauties just around here. There was the old Bull and Animal World. And yeah, that's right. Uh, that El Caballo Blanco. Yeah. What was the other one? The African Lion Safari. The African Lion. Well, that's where they reckon the um, the Blue Mountains Panther come from. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Mate, depends on who you talk to about the Blue Mountains Panther. Mate, I've seen it. Well, where's your photo? True story. That, mate. I'm telling you. Jeez, you're having a shocker today. You don't drink beer. You no. don't like oysters. No. You drink cider, and now yep. you've seen the Black Panther. Too right, Ove. Fair enough. How many ciders had you had when you spotted that? couple. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's the thing. Tough you know, crowd here today. You know, a famous Black Panther. Anyway, but um, mate, I've heard all sorts of stories. I mean, living out this way, he's, he's supposed to be around here as well. Oh, I've never seen it, but um, anyway, there you go. I'm not sure about some of these myths. But they, but but, it's the, not a myth. but there are some very prominent people, and respected people in the community that swear by the thing, like my good self. 
Yeah, but mate, where's your proof? I saw it. Why, why is my word not good enough? It's for you, not Doug? good enough, mate. You need to see it. People you, need you, to see it. You doubt me. Oh, well, mate, you should have took a photo of it. You've always got a phone on you. Or no, it was like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. It was mate, completely was a black pen, And you'd been on the siders. Because I was sitting in a um, a Polaris side by side. I heard the noise and I turned the lights on and there it was. Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, I'll take your word for it, mate. All right, that was no, the you battle. Won't. You're not taking no, I'm not, I'm not taking your word for it because <laughs> I think it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> You're judging me. Anyway, no, nah, but it might, it might not be bullshit. But I've got to say, there are people who have have, have found livestock up in trees, branches, yeah, and stuff, and right. thought, how did that get there? And big claw marks in. Yeah, I've got a mate who had a footprint in his backyard that yeah. couldn't be described or explained. Yeah, well, he might have had the wobbly boot on himself out there one night or something. No, no. And you know that's been known to happen around here. I can tell you. Anyway, so we'll move right along here, away from Black Panthers and Vinegar Hill and Old Sydney Town. <laughs> Mate, Cape York, it's one of the great yeah. bucket list destinations. I think just about everybody's got that on their list. And uh, you've been up there quite a few times. You hear people say the best time to go up there and the and the, the time to go to get the best out of it and to get the, you know, enjoy the, the offerings up there and the fishing and the four-wheel driving and all that that goes with it, the camping. Mate, you say, and and, you, and obviously you've got a mate of mine who agrees with you, who goes up there around October each year, or every two years I think he goes up, always this time of year, and they go up there and they take trail bikes with them and they do all that stuff, and he likes it this time of year because the water's not as, um, the, some of the crossings have dropped a bit, and they can get across easier with the motorbikes and things like that because they just turn them on trailers and yep. whatever they do, but then they scout off on motorbikes and look around. You say this time of year... Why do you say this time of year? For me, mate, when um, when you're up there, some of the places that you you want to experience are the things like Fruit Bat Falls, Elliot Falls, Twin Falls, yep. uh, some of those iconic waterholes. And to get there and just have the whole thing to yourself yep. is magic. Yep. Absolutely magic. There's no one there, you know, playing loud music that you don't like and, mm. you know, screaming and carrying on and leaving beer bottles floating around and, and stuff that just drives me insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you go up this time of year, you pretty much get the places to yourselves. Most of the campsites are empty. Um, yeah, you miss out on a little bit of the challenge of, of the driving on the telly track with the crossings. Yeah. Um, but this time of year, some of them also hold their own challenges. You know, they've turned to bulldust and you know, mm. can be pretty rugged. Yep. So yeah, it's just a different kind of challenge, I suppose. It, it just depends on what you're going up there for. If you're going up there for the tough driving and the challenge and the water crossings, yeah, go, you know, May, June. Yeah. When we went up, it was July, late July, and um, I was surprised, especially at Fruit Bat Falls, that there was really only us and a handful of other people there. It was pretty quiet. Yeah. But we passed a lot of traffic coming down that had been up there for school holidays. We were up there after the school holidays. So we'd passed a lot of people that had been up there. But, yeah, you are right. I remember, and we're going to talk about Morton. I remember when we camped on the western side of Morton once. We had the campground to ourselves for days. Yeah, how good uh, that? Yeah, I mean, it was brilliant. And um, it was uh, – and then and then even at, even when people did arrive, I think they only ended up being another two campers in there, two setups. But, um, yeah, we found it it wasn't too bad at the end of July. Um but this time of year, she'll be warming up a bit. Yeah, that's right. That That's the other thing. You know, we we spent a few days at Loyalty Beach and at 7 o'clock in the morning, it was 36 degrees and, and 80 to 90% humidity. Yeah. It, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. 
Um, and, and just to rub it in, you know, you're sitting next to that beautiful water. You can't go in. You can't go in. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. It's same with Weeper. You look at all the waterways on the beach, you think, yeah. how beautiful is this? You'd be pretty game. No, yeah, I think you'd only do it once. Yeah, well, I saw some locals swimming up there, though, at a couple of different spots. Oh, there you go. Yeah, pretty well, keen. they know something we don't. <laughs> well, they were pretty keen, but they were locals, so uh, they obviously knew the time to go in for a swim. Oh, we weren't. It was, well, we were there in Weeper uh, at the same time, obviously, and, mate, it was, um, it was warm then. So, yeah. mate, to be there now... Like you say, 36, the humidity, you know, yeah, full we were, noise. We were there this time last year. Yeah. What's your favourite part of the Cape? Oh, gee whiz, that's a tough question. I'm I'm going to say Elliot Falls, um, actually just south of there. There's a little, no, actually just north of it, sorry, is a little spot called the Saucepan. Yep. A little swimming hole there on the same stretch of water. Yep. But no one goes there. Yep. And, and the water there... It, I can't describe it. it. It feels different to anywhere else that I've been. Yeah. I reckon the water at, the water at um, Fruitbat Falls was just like velvet. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was like yeah. at the Sourceman. Yeah, just like velvet. We went in there and... I was going to say like that. soft. I've, the water was just soft. soft. Yeah. But, but at the Sourceman, it was even more so. Yeah, like, it's incredible. It's a bit like that water at, on... Um, is it Lake McKenzie on Fraser? On Fraser, yeah. Yeah, the water's like that because it's all not just rainwater. It's just rainwater, yeah. It's a perch lake. Yeah, and it's um, it it, it wasn't quite as well. No, it wasn't quite as soft. No, but as certainly up colder. The Cape, but it was, but it was. Oh yeah, it was okay though. I mean, we were there in January, but um, certainly up the Cape, the water is just different. Well, I tell you, another place we went into was at Dow Hunty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would you go in there? Probably not. Yeah. Right. No, we went in there. Okay. Dow Hunty. I've got a video of a young bloke swimming there and under the waterfall there. and Yep. It was pretty quiet, mate. There was nothing around. <laughs> no, mate. Over the years, the producers have made us do some pretty pretty uncomfortable things around water and water holes and rivers and so yeah. on. Um, Victorian high country in winter. That that was great fun. Yeah. Said nobody oh, no, ever. I wouldn't do that. That no, was mate, just brutal. Just ludicrous. Mate, a noise came out of me that I did not make. <laughs> <laughs> that's how cold the water was. There. <laughs> <No. laughs> I don't know what that noise would be, but anyway. <laughs> but um, so you wouldn't go, you wouldn't go for a swim at Dow Honey on the Telegraph track. Oh, mate, I'd need to be able to to, to see around. Well, you could see good. around. It was, yeah. uh, mate. There was other, there was a few people doing it. I mean, it was it wasn't too bad. Yeah, you, you've got to remember too. We we'd headed there from Birdsville, so we'd been out to the Big Red Bash, and then we went out a nine up at Frank's Pub at the Walkabout Creek Hotel, and then went up to Julia Creek. Yep, and went across to Townsville. But so when we were out in Birdsville, I mean, it was obviously a fair bit difference in temperature. Certainly would have been. So you can imagine as soon as we got that machine, how good is this? I mean, yeah. all, and the thing was because of the trip we did, we took a, we had to take a, we had to take two sets of clothes really, you know, for the cold and then for the warmth. Yeah. Different if you're just heading straight to the Cape. Oh, absolutely. You know, you just get yourself up to Cairns in a real big hurry, and who cares about the jumper? But yep. um, because we were out for a week or so, a couple of weeks. In the outback, and then and then cut across. We had a we had a set of warm gear and a set of you know just who cares. It's you know what I, I probably would go in at the Dow Hunty. Just I was just having a bit of a think about the stupid things I've done in the past up the Cape. It wasn't bad. It was I wouldn't have even called it stupid. There was nothing around. It was really well at, at um. Although I did see photos. This I did see photos. You see them photos at from Nolan, this season. Gunshot. No, a gunshot. With well, the actually, crop. when you're at gunshot. I, I walked down the creek at night with a big torch, yeah. like away from the crossings and just, you know, through the scrub, yeah. basically through the river. Yeah. 
And um, that was pretty dumb. Well, it is when you think about it now. I mean, we were walking in there as well, but not in the dark. Yeah, but, and um, away from away from everyone else, just uh, yeah. look and see what was around. Oh, there was it. a lot of people when we were doing it, but um, we we went for a walk through the water there at gunshot, but it was during the day, it was in the morning. It, it's amazing at night time when you go for a wander down there, you go yeah. two, three hundred metres away from where everyone is. Yeah. How many noises you hear in the grass? Yeah. Well, mate, what about um, what about the cricket, Cohen? Haven't been in there. No, we camped, think, have you camped there, it. just north of Cowan, just out of town? Like we haven't camped there, no. Every yeah. time we've gone through, we, we've kept going. So we'll stop yeah. at Cowan and, and get a pie or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Um, well, We camped there. We So you go into Cowan and head out, and then you've got that little little campground on the right-hand side. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Where you can about. either camp there or you can drive across the water and camp on the sand on the other side. We had to do the radio show live. <laughs> from there? And we did it from there, yeah. Nice. Yeah, we actually did the radio show from there live. And um, it certainly was different. It was, and it was actually the Ruthie show. So Ruthie was in a studio in Brisbane, and I'm 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 at uh, <laughs> the Cowan. tables were turned. Yeah. yeah, I'm at Cowan, but because we had him, we had each other on Skype, so I kept turning the laptop around. Yeah, I know you've done it to me as well. So he could see what I was looking at, and the mate, he was absolutely filthy. Oh, I would be. <laughs> he was like, "You did it to me when you're at Drilby Station." Yeah, that's right. I did. Yeah. This is but, why nobody likes you. Yeah, I know. But um, it was good though. We actually did the show live. We did it li- we did it live from we did two shows live from actually three shows in the end. We did three shows from Birdsville live. One of them was actually a six hour show we did with Greg Donovan. We had yep. him as a co host. Yep. That was obviously for the Big Red Bash. And we were, we did a live show from the Birdsville Beer Garden on the Saturday night. That was good. Yeah, that freezing. Been, that would have been interesting. Yeah, that little stage that's in the beer garden yeah. there. Did they have the fire going out the, the front? Yeah, yeah, but we were on the stage and we had no no cover over the top of us. We yeah. were sitting there absolutely freezing, looking down at people drinking schooners around the, <laughs> the fire. And geez, it was a great atmosphere. It was all like kids and oh, that's great. playing cricket and families because yeah. obviously the town was a buzz because of the bash. And there were people everywhere. But, geez, it was a great atmosphere. People think, you know, the Birdsville pub, it's in the outback, it'll be pretty wild. Far from it. No, it was it's, actually... It's as tame as they get. It was a real family-friendly friendly environment, you know, and big bistro going and the buffet yep. on. And oh, it's a bit different in the front bar when it's when it's pretty chockers and, yeah. and full. It's, well, um, we ended up in there. Uh, we, we went off... At, mate, what about this? When I say freezing, we went on air at 6 at night and off air at midnight. Yeah, wow. So come midnight... We were pretty cold sitting there. No doubt. We played a lot of songs, Rico. <laughs> and we, 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 we kept playing songs and going stand yeah, in the fire. Yeah, I bet you did. Anyway, but then we ended up in the bar for a, for a while after that. But um, midnight straight in and Cu- everyone else is blind drunk. We're going in to start. couple of quiet Rule ports. number one, we, ne- we never ever drink beer while we're doing the show. Although I did put a sneaky can in when I was at Cowan. That was another thing I did to Ruthie. <laughs> so Ruthie's looking at me. I'm sitting there with a blue singlet on, kicking back. Oh, at Cowan, and then every now and again I'd hold the beer can up to the camera. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I remember doing a trip with uh, the guys from What's Up Down Under, and we went across the Simpson, and I was sort of co-hosting with Macca. I don't know if you've ever yeah, met Macca. Yeah, I've met Macca. I think he was a Burzel one year, Will, there. Macca's that year. I think Macca's he was a loose a... unit, I'll tell yeah. you what. Whenever he and I get together, it's it's crazy Does he drink times. cider as well, or does he have a beer? No, he has a beer. 
Yeah. He has a beer. He'll have a bit of anything, really. But yeah, yeah beers he's going. Get him on one day. Oh, we, we should. He's actually just brought out a, a range of barbecue rubs. So I'd love to have a chat to him. Well, about let's get that. him on the podcast. We'll do that, all right. I'll, send I'll him see a... if I can tee it up for next week. Yeah. Well, bugger that. Good. Send him a text now. We'll ring him. We'll get him on. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll shoot him a text right now. Shoot him a text. Talking. We'll get him on. And he, is he, he's on that show, isn't he? What's it? Um... Yeah, so he's, he's the main host of What's Up Down Under, which yeah. is on Channel 10. Yeah. Um, bit of a caravaning show. Yeah, I've seen the program. It's not so, bad. yeah, he and I were. We're working together on that, and it's talking about drinking on the job. Mm. We we ended up doing some cooking. One of them was in a caravan, yep. and I was absolutely plastered. Yeah, right. Barely talk, and the cooking segment came out great. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, well, I could there not you go. believe it. Been other people drink on the job too on some of those trips, but anyway, we won't go there. How are we going with um? And yeah, I'm just finding it now, mate. That'd be the hard thing for me. Well, I'm, I'm 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 good at night. I'm not big on drinking through the day, to be honest with you. I'm a bit of an afternoon, night bloke. Like I'm not one of these. I went to um, I bumped in, went and saw a mate, a mate of mine who had visitors the other the other weekend, and there's a couple of blokes sitting around drinking cans at ten in the morning. Too big for no, me. I can't do that. No, I'm, I'm too big for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll hold my own, but Jesus, unless it's a fairly and good do. I mean, I'm I'm an afternoon starter. Yeah. Or, or midnight, but anyway, we've we've got sidetracked. We're supposed to be talking about the Cape. So when Cohen, that cricket Cohen, what, what do you think? Is we we camp? I, there. I'd, I'd give it a crack. Yeah, we camped there, and uh, we actually fished there that night. We did no good. We didn't catch anything. We caught nothing. No, but geez, there was a lot of weird noises. We used to talk yeah. about the noises, <laughs> eh? Mate, well, I've seen some big snakes in the creeks. Yeah, big, the oh, mate, weird noises there, and uh, just past Archer River Roadhouse. Yep, the the creek was reasonably wide. Yeah. And we saw a snake that was crossing the creek and you couldn't see its tail and you couldn't see its head. You know what gave us a shit there when we were there? We pulled up at the creek up north of there. Was the rubbish that people left behind. Yeah. I mean, mate, fair dinkum. I mean, it just gives it a bad look. You know, empty bottles and cans and paper and just shit all over the place. I mean, take your stuff with you, seriously. The toilet paper's the worst. Yeah, that is the worst. That is the worst. Yeah. Uh, up around um, the telly track, just about every decent-sized campsite, so, you know, Places like Gunshot and things like that. Yeah. You go for a wander around and it's just horrendous. Yeah, I'll tell you where we saw the worst I've ever seen that. Well, I did well. I didn't go looking for it and noticed it. And then um, one of our blokes mentioned it was it in a minka on the, on the creek bed when it was dry. Yep. And, um, yeah, and just we were camped sort of not on the creek bed. We were camped up on the bank, obviously. But we pulled up in there. We pulled up there in the dark. We come across Walker's Crossing. Yep, on the Birdsville track. And our plan was to go to the pub and have a feed. When we get to the pub, it was a two-hour wait for a feed. Oh, no. And we thought, oh, well, we might want to do that. So we just went and set up our, we set up the tent on the camper, got a barbecue out and just had a barbie. And then the next day, one of their boys went for a bit of a walk around and come back. He said, mate, you won't believe it. He said, it's just, you know, he said, it's just fucking disrespectful. It is. It's you disgusting. Know? Yeah. I, it's I, it's it my really pet is. hate. Yeah. It really is. Absolutely. But, um. But anyway, and it is, it's disrespectful. And it's and, and apart from the fact, it, it's you try to leave places when you go camping as you found them because it's, it's better. I mean, you don't like turning up to a dirty camp. No. no you look, know, rubbish I, and stuff around. I'll typically make sure that I, I take yeah. out more than I bring in. Yeah. I wanna, well, it depends. I mean, I've put out the odd fire and tied up a bit of rubbish. But um, I know when, I'll tell you one thing which I, which a lot of people do do, and, I, and I'm one of them as well, is you'll leave your firewood for the next person if yep. you've got a bit left over. Yeah, that's right. Stack yeah. it up. A lot of people do that. There's some good, there's good people in this ca caper. 
The, oh, the, unquestionably. You know, I mean, they're, they're certainly the ones that leave it the mess and that are in the minority. I know some people will argue with that, but I think if, as a whole, for someone who travels a bit, and you've travelled a lot more than me, you'll find that most people that camp and go four-wheel driving and, and travelling are fairly decent, respectful people. And they do things like leave firewood that they've got left yeah. over for the next camper that might turn up there. Oh, look, it's unquestionably spot. it's the minority that... You that can really go out all day. It's very, very rare, no matter where you are camping or caravanning, I think it is very rare that, you know, unless you leave things out, obviously, but most camper trailers and tents don't have locks on them. You go out for the day. When you come back, your stuff's there. Yeah, that's right. I've, I've never you know, had any issues like that. No, me either. And you hear of some things and, you know, you can't, the odd caravan park where eskies will go walk about and grow legs and walk off through the night, things like that. But that's kids, I reckon. That's yeah, no that's doubt. people that are coming in and, and doing that and getting out. It's it depends not, where you are, I suppose. Exactly. And um, and I know around tourist season in some of the coastal towns where the young local kids live, they rub their hands together. Yeah, that's come right. Come Christmas holidays and they're wandering through the caravan parks at night. That's why a lot of them have... Um, a lot of the parks have security now, you know, yeah. buzzing around at night on golf carts and Sad, isn't things it? like that. Well, it's just the world we live in, but it's not the it's. But it, in saying what I'm trying to tell you, it's not the actual the campers or the travellers that are that are doing the pilfering. It's the actual local kids in the area who are coming in and taking advantage of the fact that these other people are there. Yeah. But you know yourself when you go camping somewhere, and I don't think I've ever had any dramas. You can go, you set up camp, you can take off for the day. You come back, your stuff's there. There's other people camped around, done the same as you, just yep. left their gear. No one goes to anyone else's stuff. I know when um, we were on Fraser, there was um, a young, there was a couple there with a couple of kids camped near us, and they actually went onto our site. We went there to hunt dingoes because the dingoes were sniffing around. Yep. So they hunted the dingoes for us. I said, "Oh, you had a couple of friends here," and he said, we took a photo of them. <laughs> I said, "That's all right, as long as you keep them away from the fridge." Yeah, and, uh, that's the, the beer thing. fridge. But, they can, um, no, they can have the beer. So, uh, yeah, Cape York, mate, it is one of those places. And, look, you say you were there this time last year. Yeah, so for me, mate, end of the season, great time to be there. You get the place to yourself. It's yep. just magic. Yeah. Absolutely magic. Yeah, it is good. Like I mentioned, we, 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 and we're going to talk about um, Fraser and Morton. We might as well just move on to that. We spoke a bit about the Cape. What's yeah. your, you said your favourite spot. You mentioned Loyalty Beach, too. You're a fan of that, aren't you? Oh, mate, nothing better than sitting there at sunset with a bucket of prawns. Mm. Nice cold bourbon or something like that. Mm. Just uh, it's the best beer garden. It is the best beer, beer garden, garden in Australia. Australia, no doubt. One hundred percent, the best beer garden I think I've ever been to. It's yep. old school. The coloured lights. They they yeah the old party lights. Yeah, well, mate. Yeah. If a tip, if you look into my, I've got an as you know up here, I've got like an outdoor entertaining area. Yeah, you got to you got a string of those up yourself. I yeah. do, mate. Yeah. yeah. So and, and I've got like it's a bit of a outdoor kitchen and a fire pit and a pool. But I've got a string of those party lights right up there. I just love them. They, they, to me, those party lights, they're old school. They give you that feeling you're on holidays. Remember when you were a kid and you'd go away on holidays, and uh, well, for me, and then you'd, especially up around the Central Coast, and people would have them on their caravans. Or, yeah, that's right. You know, or yep. have them out, you know, there'd be a little carnival with the you know, the rides and stuff, and they'd have them hanging around the place. Well, how about the guys on Fraser? Have you seen some of the setups that they have? No. Oh, mate. We, we well, actually, oh, sorry, I have. I mean, we On the Eastern Beach, it's just crazy. Yeah, when, some we, of the setups. Have we had a bar set up there. But we were at Waddy's Point Campground, right? And one night, these people turned up on the beach. So, you know, the campground at Waddy's where there's like a 
there's like some, some growth along, so you just drive on the track and then out onto the beach. Yep. So there were some people out on the beach there, and they had an enormous sound system, disco lights. Yep. They had a stack of all these big, real big gazebo things put up, and it was full on. It, it sounded, it, it was absolutely full noise. So we wandered over and had a bit of a look. We didn't go to the do, but it was just all these young blokes. There's a stretch up there just north of Eli Creek where you get these blokes to get, get in there with these incredibly elaborate setups. Mm. So one bloke had a pub, like literally he'd built a pub. Yeah, right. And that was their campsite, you know, yeah. um, you know, with flashing neon signs saying open. Yeah, right. Yeah, come, that? come and have a drink, you know, and they've all got these great big flags up so they can mm. identify their campsites from a long way away. Mm. Uh, but they're all lit up like Christmas trees in that area. It's mm. um, it, it's just something to see. Yeah, that's the go. It's funny, you know, you talk about the lights and the discos and all that. For Father's Day, the kids got me this massive Bluetooth speaker that, yeah, goes, on, that, on that goes on a stand, all right? And when you turn it on, it's got disco lights coming out of it. Oh, mate, it's gold. <laughs> mate, it is unbelievable. I haven't tested it out at full strength yet with the neighbours, but uh, we will have a bit of a go at that. But uh, I just thought I'd toss that in. We, like we say, we do get sidetracked. So, yeah, Fraser Island. I mean, I, I what, you, you did say that Morton is a special place for you. Tell us about that. Yeah, mate. So for when you say Fraser or Morton, for me it's Morton. Yep. Um, that's where I got engaged to my lovely fiancé. Yep. Up there at sunset on at North Point. Um, beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Got some. Yeah. So this is where you made the pop the question, is it? I did. Did you get down on one knee? I did. Who helped you up? <laughs> After you did that, uh, mate, I managed. I managed. It was good. It was really yeah. good, actually. The kids were playing around in the, yep. in the water. So you there popped the big question. She said, "Yes, this is on Morton." Yep, on Morton. So yeah, that's it's obviously a, a special place for us. And yeah, take that really. out of it. Take that out of it. The personal side of it. I mean, that's pretty. It's pretty romantic from you, Rico, to get up on Morton on Sunset on the yeah. North Point and do that. It was. It was. I, I, I was, was at the drive-in. Oh, really? Yeah. The drive-in, mate. Oh, mate. very good. Oh, mate, they're very good, the good. old drive-ins. Hey. Oh, mate, I haven't been for a while. We, we used to go on the back-ins. used to back the panel vans in. We, we used we to would, see all the um, panel vans in there. We'd go and do New Year's Eve there. What, at the drive-in? At Blacktown, yeah. Hey, thank you. Get, get what was that more. like? Yeah, good. Good, really good. Well, you what? What? what oh, you're out. You're out of there by eleven. It's normally a couple of kids' movies. Yeah. So we'll we go in there and you know put the kids in the back with a the drive in for New Year's Eve, a bucket of KFC, and, yeah. and watch a couple of movies, and yeah. uh, and then head off to wherever it is that yeah, we're going to, to celebrate the actual ringing in of the new year. The last couple of New Years I had was on um, New Year's Eve. We're at Tweed Edge Harbour. So my cousin lives right on the river. He's got his own little ramp and his own beach and everything at his house. And uh, good on you, Jono. It's a great spot. And he's got a... Um, well, I took my boat and the young bloke drove it back. So the first year... Well, I say the first year. The, we did it two years in a row. We drove the boat around, anchored in the middle of the harbour and waited for the fireworks at 9 o'clock. And then the young bloke drove the boat back to me cousin's. But last year, he's got this barbecue pontoon. How good are those oh. things? <laughs> That's doing things right, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And we went around in that. I've got to say, it was, <laughs> it was a bit rough when the big boats were going past. I can tell you on the pontoon making <laughs> our way from South Tweed around to Tweed Ed Harbour. But, geez, it was good with the, with the fireworks and stuff like that. But um, So, mate, take, taking the personal you know, feeling out of Morton, which, yeah. which, which, which do you rate the best? Do you rate Fraser or Morton? I, I still prefer... Morton, yep. um, because it's a bit quieter. 
Yep. So on Fraser, you, you've got a couple of places there. Lake Mackenzie, you mentioned earlier, mm. Eli Creek. Mate, those places are like ants' nests mm. with tourists. It yeah. doesn't matter what day of the week it is, what time of the year it is, yeah. they are there. On Morton, as yeah. you mentioned earlier, you can sometimes have places yeah. to yourself for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't many people at Wattish Point, but that's further up where the tourists are, where the backpacker yeah. buses are. It's a bit harder to get to. Well, they're not allowed up there, Yeah, the buses and all that. But, but on Morton, on that western side where mm. the water's nice and calm, yep. um, you're not smashed by sand flies like you are on the western side of Fraser. Yeah. For me, it's just a far more enjoyable experience. The kids really love it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of places to go and do a bit of snorkeling if you want to go down south yeah. towards if Tangaluma. You, if you're into your water, into your waters, you know, like you're into your stand-up boarding, which I'm certainly not a fan of that. My missus is. No, no, definitely not. My missus loves it. She's, she's into that. No, you can um, that. Certainly, if you're into your water activities, I would say Morton. My mechanic, Jeff Johnston, he listens to our podcast. He's down there at Valley Automatics in Windsor. Good bloke, Jeffrey. Good on you, Jeff. And he, he um, just bought himself a Ram truck. <laughs> no wonder with the money I pay him. But, um, <laughs> mate, he's a massive... He, he still rates Morton over Fraser. But he's got kids and they want to go swimming and do all that stuff. Same, same. And, mate, to, to me, I think it's... I great Graham Cahill rates Morton over yeah. Fraser. And, and no dingoes. You know, no dingoes. Um, for me, I think... For me, it's... I reckon Morton just... In, it depends what you want to do. If you, if There's there, more to do on Fraser, if obviously. If you're there for the four-wheel driving only, like if that's your main thing, yeah. then it's got to be Fraser. Yeah, oh, and all the fishing. Because the fishing's obviously a lot better on Fraser than it is on Morton, I believe. Yeah, you're probably right there too. Okay. But yeah. if, you're into your, if you're into your swimming and you just want to kick back and want that island feel, then you can always duck down to Tangaluma. We did that. Yeah, great we, Chinese restaurant. Mate, there. you're up down there. Mate, you can <laughs> feed were, the dolphins. There's all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but, mate, the, the, apart from that, there were <laughs> there were people camped on the western side of the island. who They weren't in our campground. Like I said, we basically had that all to ourselves for a fair bit of the time. But there were other people, and they were going and using the pool, <laughs> down swimming in the pool <laughs> at the resort and kicking back. There was a, they were the, And yeah, like where the wrecks are and everyone goes down and pulls up for the day and yeah, sets themselves right. up. For, that's their day. They're going to swim and, and and do all that there. And um, and there was this bloke just kept sending his kids, yeah, hey, you're all right, just sneak back in the pool. Like this, like this bloke was a complete yobbo, <laughs> sending his kids into the pool. But we went down to Tangaluma. We'd been on there for quite a few days. And then when we went down there, it was like, shit, is civilization. Yeah, because well, we'd been by ourselves. We'd been camped on the western side. And um, and there was no one where we were, and then when we went down there, it was like it's another ant's nest. It's, it's just incredible. It like there were people, people everywhere, and when for some reason we did the quad bike thing, where you take the quad yeah, bikes out for a bit of a that. spin, that was a bit of fun, and uh, and drove around. Uh, the last time we were there, we couldn't get into Blue Lagoon. It was just too, too soft going in. Yeah. It was just really soft. Water's cold in there. And, cold, cold. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm a fan. I, I think it was the thing that may let it down a little bit, is it's a lot more a lot more expensive to get over on yeah. the MyCat. Yep. Especially if you're towing a camper or a van. But, I mean, that's just part and parcel. I mean, you're camping for 18 bucks a day, so I guess it turns yeah. off. Mate, I, I just love it up there. I, I love it so much that I actually drove up there mm. to do a uh, a beach clean-up. Yeah, right. With a group. Just drove up, got up early next morning, went across, did yeah. the clean-up. Come back over that afternoon, drove home. Yeah, right. Geez, that's passionate. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was incredible. It was did really you just pick up a lot of rubbish? Yeah, we did. We did. But that, that, but that's, that, there, it is, there it is again. It was about uh, eight ton or something like that. Are you it was serious? Phenomenal, yeah. yeah. Of just rubbish left on Norton Island, people yep. that were camping there. And, and stuff that washes up as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Here's that an is interesting true. thing, right? Every, every thong or shoe that you'll ever find on the beach that's washed up mm. will be a right-hand side. Yeah? Yep. Why is that? I have no idea. So if that, you that's fo- what they told us in the briefing that morning. So if you find a thong washed up on the, I never thought of that. So that's probably another thing. That's a good. That's a good point. That there, there's probably stuff that was left, you know, over in Brisbane, that's yeah. washed over and yeah. whatever. And, and well, things. they told us that there'll be two things you'll you'll come across more than anything else. Yeah. The first one will be thongs and Crocs and you know not crocodiles. Yeah, I know, you know you the, mean, the yeah. silly shoes. I've got a pair on. They're good. I love them. And um, and the other thing will be deflated balloons. Yeah. Right. Which is a real shame. So anytime you see someone let one of those bloody balloons go up, yeah, they've got to come down somewhere. They've got to don't come they? down somewhere, and a lot of them end up on the beach and yeah. in turtles' guts and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah. it's not cool. So you're saying that the most common thing found of anyone when you pick up shoes and thongs off the beach that have washed up, it'll be the right foot. Yep. <laughs> and you know what they told <laughs> us? They told us that in the morning. I'd never heard of it before either, yeah. and I'm scoffing. Yeah. And I picked up probably thirty. Over the course of the day, and every single if, one if of they them. didn't say that, do you think you would have noticed? Probably not. I mean, there's a job for everybody, isn't there? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, who studied that and come up yeah, with that's that? That's right. Though? That's right. And everyone else is the same. No one found a lefty. Not a soul. You're joking. Yep. So there's plenty of people walking around with one thong on <laughs> the left foot. It's unbelievable. I've got to say, I never thought about. I've never thought about that. There you go. So Not next time, I, next time I see, you, know, you do see it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you get up around Stockton and you get up on yep. some of the beaches we had to, and you'll and you do see like yeah. the odd shoe lying around. Or I'm ninety nine percent sure it was the right, but it yeah. was one or the other, obviously. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the right. Well, though. If it was a third, you got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um. All right. So for me, it's Morton. Okay. Well, for me, it's a bit of an each way. A uh, bit of an each-way bet. It's a 50-50 call for me. So yep. I think, um, look, I like both of them. I guess if... <sighs> I, I mean, I did like both of them, but I'd probably maybe a little Morton just for the fact that... I'd like to take me jet ski on the Morton, tow her on, yeah. back her down the beach and whack her in. And That'd be great. We've got mates of ours, Feral Dave, remember him? Yeah, Chalinor, yeah. Good man, as our Feral. Get onto this podcast, Feral, spread the word. He he doesn't he mind. Did. He, he, did. he doesn't mind a laugh. <laughs> I am well aware of that. Well, he, he, he have you ever camped with him? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yes, I have. And let me tell you, we camped. It was at, at Birdsville. Do you remember the year there was the big water out, the big wet out there, and they yeah, and yeah. they held the event in town. Well, you were camped right next to him. That's right. Yeah. Yes. No. No. It wasn't. Well, I was camped right next to him. I actually looked after him. I looked after him the year prior too. Got him a spot where we were, because obviously we get a pretty good position with uh, Greg there where we yeah. camp, at the, out at the, uh, when it's on out at the Big Red, and looked after him that year. But this year, particular year, we were camped behind the roadhouse, as you saw where we were, yeah, right, yeah. basically looking straight at the pub. I was in there too, next yeah. to the. I knew you were there. Yeah, you were there. You were sort of down a little bit from us. So you weren't allowed to have fires there, obviously, because of where we were, like back at the roadhouse. But you were allowed to have them if they were in an Ozpig. Right, and um, so they'd given permission for that, and uh, so 
my mate Rob from Coldies decides to put the Ozpig right next to my tent, next next to where right where my missus was sleeping. So she was in bed all night, and all she could hear was feral. <laughs> now, for I've, anyone I've who knows, a, I've had a night like that too. Anyone who knows feral knows exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, and you know what? He's a stayer too. He's, mate, I've got to say, he's one of the great stayers. Yeah. Feral Dave is one of the great stayers. There is no doubt about that. So if you, if me you, and him, me, him and Steve Robson were camped out at Big Red one year and it was a huge night. And Steve-O, he was another stayer. Yeah. No, no longer with us, big Steve-O. Great bloke and a good mate of mine. I used to... Mate, he'd ring me. He'd ring me up on the drink at night and sing and carry. He was a great <laughs> bloke. We had a lot of fun. He was um, he was at MDC and I actually met him at MDC when I went and bought my first camper trailer. Yeah, and uh, become pretty good mates. But um, there was him, there was um, myself, and there was Feral and a few other hanger honorers. I don't know who they were that were just sort of wandering through. And you are right, Feral's a stayer, big time. So if, you know you're embedded. At- well, I, I'm not a stayer. I'm the opposite. I'm the first one in bed just about every time. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, I rock it up, rocked into bed at about, I don't know, but somewhere between 10 and 11. And we got to about 1 o'clock. I'm thinking, he's going he's gonna to have to call it quits soon. Yeah. But no. no he keeps no. going. No filter. No yeah. no volume control. Yeah. No, there's no volume control. But I'll tell you what, he's loving life. Him and Roger went over to the pub one night on the last night when that, that year we were camped in, uh, in Birdsville when we were camped up, uh, like in town. So it's the last night. We're all leaving the next day. Now, the thing is, as you know, when you leave the Big Red Bash, you are a huge hope of being breath-tested in yeah, the morning. absolutely. A huge hope. Um, if you're not like me, I actually carry a breathalyzer in my car just for that for that reason, really, or for any reason, just because it's just better to be safe. You know, yeah. if you go to the pub and have two beers and you think, oh, should I better just check, make sure I'm sweet? Um, so... And they're handy if you. I don't have. To, I'm a bit like you. I'm not really the first one in bed. Um, I can be the last, but I, mate, these days, mate, midnight, one o'clock's a massive one for me. Yeah, massive. Mate, but, nine times out of ten, I'm the first but one. Midnight. In bed. But one thing I'm always is the first one up. I'm always the first one up. Yeah. I, I can get a bit at two o'clock in the morning. I was looking up at a past four. I get up at past four every day. So, no, not me. You know, so, Definitely not. So I'm what you know. I'm I'm a foul, not an owl. You know, but. <laughs> Um, uh, but anyway, that that last night we were there, and uh, we knew that we were we were heading off the next day. So my mate Roger Brown from Bacon Brown, even Farrell decided to head over to the pub because it was right across the road. It yeah, was, yeah, but, yeah. but I remember one afternoon when we were camped up there, I thought, "Where's my missus gone?" And I look over, and here she's in the beer garden with a couple of mates of mine <laughs> from um, Nord's Wharf up in, um, in uh, Newcastle. Good and uh, and they're all over there sitting in the beer garden, spending an arvo, uh, just knocking back the knocking back the skewies. I've got to say, I didn't mind. I know it's great out at Big Red, but I've got to say that year that, and he did a great job, Greg Donovan, getting it oh, into. I'll tell you what, getting it into town yeah, and reorganising that whole event. He was up against it. But I've got to tell you, mate, the um, I've got to tell you that wasn't bad in there that year. It still had atmosphere. And, and and the streets of Birdsville had come alive with all these people just camped around and walking around, and it was amazing, really. But it was probably just a little bit too handy having that pub right across, the Birdsville pub right across from where we were camped. Indeed. But I was worried about Roger and Farrell because they went over 
on the last night, and I think they were over there to all hours, and then the next morning, they, both of them looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you two blokes are kidding. And Farrell could hardly speak. Anyway, when we left, they... Um, when, the, when, when, when we left in the morning, that they, I said, you both going to be right? And they said, you know, we know our limitations. We'll be sweet. So they said, we didn't have that much. And I went, right, anyway. So sure sure enough, the breathalyzer, yep. was, um, the breathalyzer was there and they both blew zero. So that, well, there you go. But that was good. But a few days later, I saw video on Facebook. And it was the same thing. The noise that I heard the <laughs> night before... It was Farrell making those noises in a packed Birdsville hotel. Uh, he's a anyway, you're a good he's man, a Farrell. Give us a ring one time, mate. It could be good to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, I can imagine some of the stories, eh? Yeah, anyway, and we'll have to let Farrell know that he cops a massive big rap on our podcast this week. Mate, talking about stories from on the road. Yeah. Um, we were talking about Macca earlier. And yeah. He said we should get him on, so I've teed him up. He's ready to rock and roll, but... He's a bloke that I've spent some time on the road with, and yeah. he'll have a bunch of stories that I certainly hope he doesn't share. Yeah. I no, certainly that's hope right. he doesn't share because. Uh, okay, no, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, we certainly will get him on, and uh, let's just ring him cold here and see if we can get him on the yeah. phone. So you'll hear. There's the phone ringing. Listen to this. This is real. This is. We don't do this in radio. Hello. Is that Macca? That's Macca. How are you? Mate, this is the duck. I'm sitting here doing a podcast. We're doing a podcast with Rico, your mate. So, so you can't say what. Can't say shit, can't say... Well, you can say that, but that's about it. We're, we were trying to keep it family-friendly. <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Have we got the... Have we, have we ring the right... Rico's here, we can hear. How Hello? are you, Rico? How's it going? Good, mate. How are you going? Oh, love and life. Love and life. That's good, mate. That's yeah, you're shaking your head, Rico. What's life? wrong? Have we rung the wrong Macca? Yeah? So is that Macca from What's Up Down Under? Yeah. Yeah, well, why are you that, shaking? It your doesn't head? sound like him at all. I mean, mate, listen, you just listen, listen Macca. I'm, I'm yeah. going to tell you. I'm going to ask you. A couple it's probably because he hasn't sworn yet. And I'm going to ask you a couple <laughs> of things here, Macca. Right? Oh, now, no, so, no, no. Like, for a start, he actually just flicked me your number. So he's sitting here shaking his head, looking at me, thinking this is the wrong person. Right? <laughs> then he tells me that he he, you know, he tells me that he's a cider drinker. Won't drink beer. I mean, can you believe it, mate? There's a lot of things that Rico will tell you that you'll find hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> I've spent a few weeks in the bush with him. It's, um, it's quite traumatic, actually. Yeah, oh, right. turn it up, traumatic. We'll have to get you... <laughs> now, Wacker, we're going to have to get you on the radio show one day as well, mate, where you certainly can't say anything wrong. But you no, can no, certainly, no. Certainly I'm pre- good. I can turn it off. Yeah, no, yeah, that's no, he, he does all right. He well, does mate, all right. How, do reckon, how good do you reckon I go, Rico? You speak to me off air a lot. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, the radio show is on 180 radio stations, yeah. Macca, so you've got to be very, very careful. P- particularly when, when Macca and I get on the drink together, it gets a bit loose. But this, podcast, really this podcast is a little bit more fair, a bit, bit, bit more real, and not so much that the radio show is not real, but you can get away with a bit more of what I'm trying to say. Macca, your show, What's Up Down Under? When's that start up again, mate? Mate, I think it's on again this weekend, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I, um, I, uh, I think it was only off last weekend because of the... Rugby, World mate, Cup, with, yeah. um, where the Wallabies went out and had a bit of a run against Fiji. Sorry to any Fiji. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that'll happen. <laughs> no, that, that, that will happen, mate. Yeah, so, but mate, I think it comes back on this weekend, mate. Yeah, no, good stuff. So, mate, um, before we get into some stories from the road, some, something that, that's, uh, that caught my eye recently is you've, you've released a range of barbecue rubs. No, oh, 
How on earth did this? Who had this? <laughs> I don't know about you, mate, but I just lost my appetite. <laughs> yeah, I know. How did, oh, how did this come about? How did this come about? Mate, it's a, I'll give you the, the long story in the short version. So, as you know, I like dabbling with the old cooking, so, yep. and, and particularly in the, in the bush or on the barbecue, more so than inside the house. And I've got a couple of smokers just to add to the the uh, the stuff that you can laugh about about the rubs and smokers and all that stuff and so I like I like to dabble with um with cooking some meat low and slow as they say these days yep. and um I used to buy rubs so dry rubs spice rubs to put on that meat from a, a bloke on the Sunshine Coast and then one day I was I got chatting to him and I said all these flavors that we're adding to our meats in Australia, they've sort of come from the American heritage of low and slow barbecue. So yeah, I'm not a fan of those American flavours. What's that, mate? I'm not a fan of them. All all the American stuff. Who cares if you are a fan of them? He he might know people that are fans of them and might want to buy it. Yeah, well, Well, you know, I'm actually not the biggest fan either. And that's why I said to this guy, Trevor, I said, Trev, why don't we get together and work out some Australian flavours that use the same sort of... um, techniques but let's get back to the basics of you know aussies and their lamb they like rosemary and mint and all those sorts of flavors let's australianize something that is typically american and that's where it started and and, and now we've got four flavors out so yeah, um, right. and where can people come. where can people buy it mate i'll tell you what the, at the moment there, there's um there's three different places you can buy it online if you jump on the um the facebook page which is just Macca's barbecue seasoning rubs Yep. You'll find those three places. And then we've got about 17 retail outlets. It's quite slow at the moment. That's what we're trying to focus on, finding more retailers. The people uh. want to get their hands on the rubs, but um, it would seem that retailers still like the traditional method of their sales rep knocking on the door and saying, hey, you like this new product? And mm. I'm just a bit busy to hop in the car and drive right around Australia next week and, and yeah. drop into every butcher shop, barbecue shop, and camping shop, and yeah. supermarket. We so might, it's just a slow burn. We might have a chat to you on the radio, mate, and give it a bit of a plug. We might pick up a few a few butcher shops. Right, actually, I'll tell you awesome. what, I've got a mate of mine. I'll tell you now, I, I'm going to I'm get it into a butcher shop for you straight away. Pete's, yeah. Pete's Country Cuts up at Dungog. Yeah, right, eh? I'll get on it. I'll get on it, Pete's Country Cuts, Pete's Country Cuts. No <laughs> way I've tried it. Anyway, so I'll get on to Pete, Captain Cutlet, they call him. Captain, Captain Cutlet. Cutlet. I'm pretty sure he's nicknamed himself. one can have. I wonder how he got that one. Well, I actually uh, accused him yeah. of nicknaming himself that, and he assures me that he didn't. Because I'm, I, I, one thing I, I'm not, I don't think is a go is people that nickname, nickname themselves. themselves. That is not a go. <laughs> Yeah. But um, but I've got to say, uh, well, it's not a game. <laughs> I mean, if you, you, if, you, yeah. if you need to nickname yourself, you've got some serious problems. I think it's embarrassing. <laughs> Number one, you've got no mates. Like, <laughs> I, I got the message to say that you guys want to have a chat, and I thought, Duck and Rico. Well, if I haven't, if I had a dollar for every time that spell check or auto corrected <laughs> that when I typed up about Rick O'Brien into my phone, I'd be a wealthy man. Oh, I'd turn it up. There you go. But <laughs> what I'll do is I'll get on to my man Pete's Pete's Country Cuts. He's in Dungog. And um, Thank you, mate. And he, and I'll get on to him, mate, and he'll he'll definitely uh 
He'll definitely put it in there. Don't worry about that. His butcher shop's been there 25 years, Rico. That's not bad. Yeah, that's well, he's got to be well. doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in a town like Nungog, you know, in any country town these days, to have a business running for 25 years is an achievement. That's right. And he's just right good there. Captain Cutlet, I say. Yeah, so uh, I'll, get on the, I'll get on to Captain Cutlet, who assures me he didn't nickname himself, and we'll, see if we, <laughs> and we'll, get, and we'll get it in there. Uh, Mate, I appreciate fantastic. it. I like it. The demand there, people want to try it. It's just about getting it into their hands because the funny thing is that I thought everyone had gone to online sales, but um, they're a bit hesitant about buying barbecue rubs online, apparently. Mm. So, um, for the guys that are stocking it, no problems at all. When's the, when's the Macca's back rubs coming out? <laughs> oh, mate, the baby, I'll tell you what. the baby back rubs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, um, the, the list can go on and on, couldn't it, really? Oh, but I mean, I dude. don't think that one's going to take off. I don't think anyone's going to line up for one of Macca's back rubs. No, not 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 if they can see anyway. I can think of a couple of people we've met on the road along the way. Oh come on, mate! What happens on the road stays on the road. Oh, you're kidding me! Not always, not always. Anyway, (laughs) look, talking about being on the road. Obviously, you and I have spent a fair bit of time on the road together, and it's always been good times, mate. um, Your favourite memory from being on the road? I've been on the road with you. The last day. (laughs) What the last day? Yeah, no, nah, from being on from being on the road with us, so we've done a few. Yeah, absolutely. Rick, I'd have to say the time we spent in the Victorian high country, one of my favourite places, but um it just lets you get away. Oh actually you know what? We did go bog stalking once. That was <laughs> memorable did. for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, but, this was um, a Julia Creek, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we mm. bog snorkeled against Creek. each other. That, yeah. that was the trip where we had James Plunder with us, yeah, it was good. Absolutely. And you know what? There's another one. So it would be really hard to pinpoint the best time because if anyone could sit around the fire with James Blundell for the night while he's plucking away on the guitar and singing, and there's only, what, four of us, five of us? Yeah, that's right. Pretty special sort of a night. And I remember you grabbing the guitar out and joining them too, mate. And that was, uh, that was so, you know what? No one knows that Rico can play the guitar and sing, but I do. He does a good job. He keeps telling us, mate, so we all know. My, I think my, my standout memory was uh, on the Udna Data track. We, we'd stop mm-hmm. one night to do a cooking segment in, in uh, I think it was a Windsor Caravan. Yeah. And I remember the night. Yeah. We, we recorded a song. We recorded a song that night, which we can't play here. Oh, uh, fair enough. <laughs> but it was a, a great song. Oh, great song. Yeah. They, played, they, they played it at the pub at the Birdsville. They yeah. played it over the speakers there. Yeah, they fair did enough. too. Yeah, yeah, no, they did enough. too. That was our big debut. We got, well, I don't know about we, but I got absolutely hammered on, um, oh, what was it? The stuff I was mixing with the Red Bull that night. You were having a Jägermeister. Jäger, Jägermeister. So you <laughs> went out of Red Bull and we ended up just drinking Jägermeisters straight and then had to do this cooking segment. So you won't drink beer, yeah. but you'll drink spirits with Red Bull. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got some serious, problems. mate, you have some serious problems, yeah. though. And we also cooked a mix, I, I, mix I grill. I what our director learned that night is that Rico works better with a skin pool than without one. So there you go, Buck. <laughs> yeah, no, fair <laughs> if, enough. If you need some inspiration, if he's ever a bit flat, just pass yeah. the Red Bull and Jägermeisters and what you think. And we did we did the same thing at uh, at the foot of Little Red, uh, and and did that uh, mixed grill. That was a cracker. Well, that was actually a cracker night, and, and it was a bit of an impromptu night, wasn't it? Because we we tossed up whether we'd push into Birdsville or whether we'd just stay there for the night, and we literally set up a camp on the side of the road. It was a nondescript place, 
but the atmosphere was perfect. We cooked a mixed grill on a skewer. Yeah, that's right. What did you you made up a bourbon sauce or something to bake it with, didn't you? Yep, yeah, we did. That was a cracker. I have to do that one it again. I'll have, to, I'll have to do that one for my little cooking night. segment series that I'm doing on uh, on YouTube and Facebook. You and I were pushing hard. We're trying to bring back the mixed grill, but bring it back with a bit of style. And I reckon we achieved it that night, mate. I don't know. I think we brought it back in our campsite, and I think it's caught on anywhere else. Oh, well, there was nowhere else important that night, was there? <laughs> no, 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 there wasn't. <laughs> there was, someone of... must have passed the rule around or said that they... Um, there was a new law in Birdswood that you weren't allowed to bring any alcohol with you into town, so we got rid of it all that night. Was it a new law? A new law in Birdswood. Stop just in the town and get rid of all your alcohol. Oh, it's like no. crossing the border into Western Australia and eat your pumpkins, you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> very, very good. Anyway, well, that sounds no, like a very fun, it sounds like a very romantic night, and you end up with one at Macca's Rubs at the end of the night as well. No. We also on the campsite there at uh, fortunately Little Red. Fortunately, there were no such yeah. things at that point in time. <laughs> All right, we were, we're right. Little Red into Big Red that night. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, on that note, Macca, we'll let you go. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. Uh, Good on you, Duck and Rick. The Duck and <laughs> the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast, mate, and we'll um. Certainly talk to our man Captain Cutlet up there at Peach Country Cuts in Dungog and get that rub up there for you, mate. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your help. We'll spread. You, mate. Keep up the good work, boys, eh? We'll spread the word. Good Cheers, on you, bye. mate. Have fun. Talk to you soon. See, See you, mate. And that was your mate, Macca. Yeah. How good is he? How with, good a bloke, CA? With no notice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how it was. that? We just rang him cold, which was, uh, which was pretty good. So, uh, he's um, a good bloke to travel with. It's... Uh, you, you get a sore face from laughing. It's just yeah. non-stop. Well, the thing with him, what you see is what you get. And he comes across on TV when you see yeah. that show, What's Up Down Under, and he's just, you know, he's just a bloke. And and the other thing is he does know his stuff. He's, yeah. he's a genuine forward driver. You don't have to hold his yeah, hand no, or point him stuff. anywhere. He knows exactly what he's doing. Well, mate, I think we're just about out of time. We were going to talk a little bit about the New South Wales Outback, but you know what? We probably should do that next week and we'll get another mate week. of yours on. We've got another mate of yours that we can get on. Yeah. Um, who's a bit of an expert on all that and runs a, uh, a website. Yeah, my mate Simon. So we'll uh, we'll have a chat to him during the week mm. and tee him up. And he'll, he he publishes a few uh, little touring routes Yep. That, that focus specifically on Outback New South Wales. There you go. Um, we'll get him on for a bit of a chat next week on so the we'll podcast. So we'll talk about some of those, yeah. All right, mate. And next week we'll be doing the podcast from down the south coast, and uh, which will be good. We're just out on location, a little bit different. And um, you might have heard Bluey a little while there while Macca was on the phone. Bluey was out there making a bit of noise. I'm not sure yeah. whether anyone heard that. Uh, he's got a few fans already over in Kalgoorlie, Bluey, <laughs> so, uh, which is That'll good. That'll be, be seagulls next week, mate. Yeah, I'll, it will be. Hey, that'll be good. I'll bring the Jagermeister, all right? Yeah, no dramas. I don't even know what that is, but anyway. <laughs> it sounds pretty good to me. I'll just stick to the Tui's new. And, uh, uh, you're a you're simple li- man. If you're, you're listening, man. if you're listening, Tui's. But um, <laughs> no, so uh, no, happy days. But uh, no, all good. Well, mate, that is this week's edition, mate, which was basically just talking about nothing, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's what we're good at. That's what we do, so... Um, if, if you'd like to complain about that, info at rickoandtheduck.com.au. Send us through your emails. We'll uh, we'll make sure we reply to all of those. We got one yesterday from, from someone you met at Eastern Creek a couple of weeks yeah. ago, uh, Shelley and George. Yes, so I big did shout meet out. Shelley and George. Yeah, big shout-out to Shelley and George. Thanks for your email, and thanks for sending through the pics of your Hilux. Looks yeah, great. They're actually good friends of Vic Widman. We won't hold that against them. Yeah, they go on all these tours and all that. In oh, fact, they go. were there when I launched myself on Instagram. 
And, oh, uh, right. and if you're listening, George, I am in the market for some tyres and a set of wheels, mate, so just give us a shout, eh? Oh, look at this, Ben. I'm shameless. Absolutely not shameless. shameless at all. I'm happy to pay, unlike others. I mean, I'm happy to, I'm happy to pay. I'm, just I'm hoping to Backer done. will send me some of those barbecue I know, we free. will, mate. We'll get him into I know a few butchers. Yeah. I can help him out there. There's a few butchers around I actually know, mates of mine, that I can... Uh, I'm keen to see what they're like. There's one real big one in particular that would go really well. Yep. In uh, in Sydney, and uh, so certainly we'll try and, uh, and help him out with that. Why not? Yeah. It might always help anyone having a crack. Yeah, that's it. Right. No, that's fantastic, especially the way he's doing it. You know, bringing back some Aussie flavours. Yeah. I, I just love that idea, which is what we love. So, uh, yeah, you can email us through the week. The email is info at rickoandtheduck.com.au. There you go, and, and we will reply to all of the emails. And you can uh, also don't forget to check us out on the radio as well, the camping and off-road radio show, which is on every week. Rico. Uh, is busy this week and won't be on that, but we've certainly got the podcast away here for you. And to the our boy, our, our the boys up in Mackay. Yeah, it's a day late, but you still got it. So you and you got your mention as usual. <laughs> That's right. Now, now leave us alone. Big Slim Dust. I'll tell you what they are big fans of. They don't. They don't want to leave us alone. They've good, been loyal listeners to me for a long time. But the but um, Peter Gordry's in this Oz Pig Lovers Group. Yep. And uh, mate, I've so he's got me into it, so I joined it. And mate, some of the things that people are doing with those Oz pigs, oh are mate, just some of the stuff I've seen cooked on those things, yeah, is just. Well, I've insane. got one here permanently set up, as you've seen at the back. Yeah. Here. yeah, I've got one as well. I mean, they're brilliant. I've done a bunch of videos for yeah. those guys. Yeah, um, so uh, mate, get yourself an Anthony. Aussie. If you're listening, champion. Yeah, get on board with us, Anthony. One what? of those new smokers, mate. Oh. Yeah, they Maybe. look good, don't they? They do. Yeah, they're they brilliant. Do. They are. I'm tipping you'll be you'll be struggling to keep those in stock between now and Christmas. Anyway. I think they're going to be very hot property. Yeah, well, especially when you light them. But uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> I no, see but, what you did there. Yeah, no, that's well, that's great. You're on fire. All good. All right. Well, that is this week's edition of the podcast, and uh, we thank you for tuning in. The Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast. We do try to get this up for you every week, and uh, like we say, next week we will be on location down in uh, the south coast of New South Wales. We certainly look forward to that. In the meantime, this has been a Blue Collar Media production. We're out of here for this week, so if you do happen to see us somewhere out there, make sure you come up and say day. And we'll be back to do it all next week. We'll talk to you then.